Hello, my name is Craig Nash, and we'd like to welcome you to another It's a Grand Life. And if you were with us last time, you learned all about uh, the adoption process here in Michigan, and quite frankly, about uh, it. Uh, it's the same way and very similar in other states. Our guest today is uh, Sarah Harputlian, and she's from Christian Family Services in Southfield, Michigan. And uh, we loved hearing about the process at uh, CFS, where they are very focused on not only the adoptive parents, but also the birth mom and uh, the extra steps that Sarah goes through to make sure that the process is fair for everyone. And uh, there's so much involved. But I thought after all that technical discussion last time, let's hear some success stories. So, uh, Sarah, we, we learned last time that uh, you were a, a very successful in, in working with young folks at your church. And, and then you went back and got some counseling training. And, and then the plates moved a little bit and your job at that church was, was gone. But it, it sounds like the good Lord opened up a great spot for you to use all of your gifts at Christian Family Services. And you have also been an adoptive parent twice, gone through the process twice yourself. And so not only do you counsel folks on what this is about, but you've been through it as well. And and uh, so can you share with our audience some of the success <laughs> stories that you've had at, at CFS? Sure. Um, well, one that I think I've related to uh, specifically to your audience, um, we had, you know, sometimes we have people that don't understand the adoption process or have had hiccups in the process and they come to us like, this is what's happened. Can you fix it? And I'm like, well, I don't know, but I'll try. Like, I just have a heart for like figuring stuff out for, for people. Because um, when you're in crisis and you you don't know where to turn, you just want someone to say like, hey, I gotcha. Like, I'll I'll hold your hand through. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll totally hold your hand, right? I, or I'll get the answer, right, that they're looking for. Or I can ask. I'm not afraid to ask questions. So I'll, I'll ask some questions. And so we had a grandma come to us and she was like, I'm trying to adopt my grandson. I went to the court. They told me we were going to lose lose my grandson um, because, like, and it was really a difficult situation. And what it really boiled down to, it was it was a race issue, which I was not wow. happy to hear. <laughs> um, and so I was like, let me let me just do because this is a relative adoption. Like, you should be in the state of Michigan, and I know it's similar in other places. But if you can prove that you are related to the child that you are trying to adopt within the fifth generation, which I don't even know what that means, but I, I know if you have birth certificates approved up to the fifth generation, you can then go through the courts for adoption. You don't need a third party involved. Um, oh. So you would go to the court. You would um, like I know, for instance, I'm in, we're in Oakland County, Michigan, so you can go right to the Oakland County adoption unit like for any county that you're in and you can look look that up and they will have either a number to call to get what you need or like oakland county actually has a checklist right on their website or it's a pdf you can download but it'll show you all the documents that you need that you can submit yourself to court you don't need a third party to do it so as long as you're if you're submitting all the document documents that apply to you you're able to go through this process and then the court will send out a worker to your home. So I talked in the last episode about a home study that adoptive parents go through. Right. Um, this home study actually gets done by the court. So they come to your house, they're making sure that, you know, the home is safe because a relative adoption, most of the time, the, the relative is already living with them. 
They're just trying to make it a more permanent situation for this child, which permanency is so important for these kids. Like their lives have been rocked. They, their permanency has been like shattered. And so they're with a familiar person, but it's not what they were doing before. Even if what they, like even the life that they had before, even if it was unstable, it's what they knew. So sometimes having stability in a child's life where it was chaos before is really unsettling for them. Um, and so we think, yes, this is great. They have stable like stability, but it's not the chaos they were used to. So it can be actually unnerving for them. So, but permanency is important when we can get permanency and we know that the stability is going to be there for long term. that helps them. That helps kids understand like, okay, this is my place now. This is what the day to day looks like now. These are my people that I am like relying on. So permanency is actually very helpful for kids that have come through rough, rough times. It's a rocky road to get to where everyone feels comfortable with that, but it's it's permanency is important. So anyway, the court comes out to your house, does their own report. Okay. Then um, we're talking like I think in Oakland County, it's like less than five hundred dollars to okay. um to get to get them to come out. Report. Whereas like a direct infant adoption that like our agency does, and we're we're one of the least expensive that we know of. But in total, with the home study and the supervision and the adoption fees, it comes to $18,000. And so it's probably actually closer to 20 once we have to, the extra things we have to do. So we are talking thousands and thousands of different, like dollars difference to give permanency to um, relative placements, which is amazing. I love that there's that option for that. So you, you mean it's a lot less if it's a family adoption, right? Correct. If you can do a relative adoption through the courts, it is incredibly, I mean, $500 is a lot, I, I, but it is less than trying to go through an agency to get it done. So, so what the information you're giving our audience, you know, this is grandparents raising grandkids is yeah. huge. Absolutely huge. Yeah. You're, you're, um, so let's talk about, and I know you get all this experience in the adoption world, but you're also a trained counselor. When would you say in, in your experience is the best time for grandparents to consider adopting their grandchildren? I think if there's not hope, like I think if there's not hope that that relationship is going to be restored in a healthy way for everybody. Um, so that can mean different things for different people. Some like some people like a guardianship is going to be fine. I I know grandparents are like we're just going to do a guardianship. Like it is a permanent guardianship, but that can be changed. Adoption is a permanent plan. Like it's really difficult to get an adoption like overturned. Um, right. You. So, but a guardianship could be like could be a situation if it's like, well things are okay, but we just like, we need to be able to have access to getting medical help for our grandchildren, or we need to like be able to get them into school, or we need to be able to hear from the school. Um, Because if you just like, if your child just brings their child to you and says, here, take them to school, you can take them to school, but you can't get any information. (laughs) Like you're not having parent teacher conferences. You're not getting access to that Sarah, that's what we had uh, last year when before we became guardians of our granddaughter, uh, we 
there was no knowledge of what homework needed to be done. Oh, there's a, there's a brownie troop starting up. We knew, didn't know about that. <laughs> there were all these events at the school, and you know these little ones. They need to connect with their friends because right. you want normalcy in their life. Right. And and Absolutely. and that's um. I mean, that's the greatest gift that a grandparent can give their grandchild is normalcy and yes. stability. And um, so, if there's no hope. You're saying now we, I talk a lot of, all the time. You know, it's with, hard to not have hope, right? Like it's, it's hard to not have hope. It's hard. Well, we're, and grandparents are the most optimistic people on the planet. You know, we're. You have to be, it's your kids. And and we love our kids and we love our grandkids. But uh, we, we've talked to folks on our program where the, uh, the, the kids are in and out of rehab and, and they're, you know, they're in and out of situations with the law and, and in some cases in and out of jail. I mean, how long do you, and in fact, um, I know a lot of grandparents that don't even share that with the grants that, uh, you know, their, their, their mother or father is having these altercations with, um, with substances and also with the court systems. And they're not letting them know that because that's not edifying. And, and, um, but when you know, but that that's the tough call. Like when do we say, you know, there there we we always want to have hope for our kids. But if if uh, the, the, at some point in time you got to say, in fact, if we had a, a one of the first guests we had on it's a grand life was a a, a grand a grandma named Millie Dreisbach who said, uh, you know, you can only pick one. You know, you can you can it's either the your child or your grandchild, yeah. and you you know, and one one of the two really has uh does not have the resources to make the right decisions and they're 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 like nine or ten years old at the time you need to pick one and the 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 choice is the grandchild and and uh, that's really tough and uh, you probably you probably see that sarah all the time right yeah well so as you were talking like how i'm thinking of it is like we so we have open and um semi-open adoptions Closed adoptions when uh, when our children when our adopted children turn 18 in the state of Michigan, they are legally allowed to get their identifying information. So they can know their mom, they can know their dad, they know their name, they know their name at birth, whether they had a name or not. Sometimes that's really tough when they find out their parents didn't name them. Um, and then they're the last like the last contact information we had for them, we're able to give them. Um, so one of my, well, so I will, so we talk about like that contact and we talk about like for adoptive parents that can be really scary, like, okay, but we just kind of want the baby. Like we don't really want to have this scary because we don't know what their life is like. Right. But this, like when the situation you're talking about, this is your child, like this is your child you're talking about. And so our adoptive parents, it's like, well, we don't know. And I'm like, at bare minimum, we ask our adoptive parents to send updates to us. And if mom wants to get them, we send them to her. But we really do try to foster an open adoption where they have direct communication with each other. We usually use email to do that. Um, but the importance of a child at an age appropriate level, knowing their story and honoring their parent in your home and for you it's your child so and that can be really difficult because you're very intimately involved with the birth parent right and so that's very difficult but children they need to process their story at an age appropriate level and we might like as adoptive parents like 
I, we honor our birth, we call them our first family. We honor our first families here in our adopted parent home. Um, but we, that doesn't mean we always love what our our uh, birth parents are doing. Like there are things that like we don't love that we would never want for our kids, but their their birth parents are doing those things. And we can still honor that person that gave our children life in our home without like condoning the action. Now my nine-year-old is pretty smart and he's picked up on some stuff. And so he asks really great questions, but we always have it under the umbrella of we love this person, we honor this person in our home because they gave you life and we want to honor them. They are important to you, so they are important to me. And I, I think that can be the same in your in your situation where you can honor the person, you can you can talk about how much you love the person, the mom, yep. the dad, without it being so like re-traumatizing to your grandchildren. Um so I, I think that that's really important I, to do. I do too. I think uh, so. The the for an adoption to be a smooth transition for the family, uh, what would you say our listeners need to know? I know you've highlighted it. There's like there's there's two paths. There's the if it's a family or what you call that a relative adoption. Yeah, uh, a relative adoption. A relative adoption. They don't have to go through an agency. They can just oh. they can just follow the process at the county level and pay a fee somewhere in the neighborhood of $500 and for every county, but yes, for every county. And as long as they, 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 they cross their T's and dot their I's, um, they are going to be followed through this with shining, you know, uh, shining colors, do everything right. And the, the, the process is handled soup to nuts. And the other way is they deal with a, a, a professional group like Christian Family Services of Southfield. And they you you walk them through the process. You have the inspections in the home and you have any additional counseling services or anything else that they need. But that is a, a lot bigger of training. process. Yes. Right? And then birth mom, they go through, adopted parents go through a lot of training with us. There's like right. a two hour, over two hour session they go through with me and that makes sure they get through all the state mandated training. That's and great. And we have 10, just over 10 hours of training that we require of our adoptive parents so that they understand like different uh, trauma. Like we, if you know me for three seconds, we've talked about trauma. <laughs> it's very, um, I think it's very important for people to understand. Um, and so they go through that training. But then our agency, again, we are very, adoptive parents get to go home with a baby. And that, like that, they got what they wanted. Right. Birth parents, like they've gotten the help that they wanted, but they go home with nothing. And so we want to walk alongside of them in their grief. So our, like we offer lifelong counseling for moms. Um, we are a counseling agency. So we offer lifelong counseling, but then we have a monthly birth mom support group that we, um, we have it's it's a curriculum written by birth moms they write it every a new curriculum every year written by four or five birth moms it's a it's a national organization called um sit knee to knee and it's just the importance of mo moms who have gone through some like gone through the same thing can sit in a room together and talk about like how this has affected their lives and we've had women come who the first time they came she i think she gave uh, birth two months <laughs> And then she was sitting in our room. And then I just had a woman um, in the last couple months, she placed, because um, it's available, it's for any women like that have um, placed a child. So foster care, adoption, not through our agency. It can be anyone. 
and she came to us and she um i was like hey how did you hear about us and she's like i read it in the paper that you were having this and i said i need to come because i placed my son when i was 16 years old and she just turned 80 this year and she had never told anyone but her husband who had already passed away about it and i'm sitting in this room and i just felt so honored (laughs) to like hold this woman's story to walk with her like as she's like processing this she's like i just thought it was time i started talking about i'm like okay um and so she now um her son is now adopting and that brought up a lot for her and so she wanted to like process that with someone and it was just amazing to sit in the room (laughs) with this woman so i love our birth mom group um i love that it's something that we offer um and you offer that for anybody Right. Any mom that is placed for adoption, yes. Any mom who's placed someone for yep. adoption. It's, um, and I, I, the point you, you've made over and over again, which I think we, we must highlight, and that is you need to address trauma. You can't yes. keep pushing it down. It doesn't go away. It, you still yep. want, if you're 80 years old, you still want to clean it up. And yeah. that's that's what I why I love the work that you folks do at Christian Family Services. It's all it's not just about the the, the transition or the transaction of of the adoption. It's it's about making sure everybody's okay in the process. Because uh, and I think the, for your listeners, like something that like is really important. And so the education I give my adoptive parents is like you. It's really gonna be. It's gonna. It will be hard for you to parent a child of trauma if you have not dealt with your own trauma yourself and your listeners like the people that you're reaching out to they've been through stuff like maybe before their child like has been walked through issues but you're going through trauma yourself right now as you're like you're grieving um like what's happening with your child you're grieving what could have been with your child like and now you're grieving for this little person that's living in your home that is living a life that you didn't expect for them like so there's a lot of grief happening in the homes of the people that you're reaching out to i imagine there's a lot of the feeling of like oh gosh nobody understands and that's why i love your podcast is like there are people here there are people that understand there are people that want to help you there are people that want to walk alongside of you and so walking through your own trauma so that you can help your grandchildren walk through their trauma well when you can model it well of how to work through your trauma and i'm not saying you're telling them all your stuff but it's like how you speak in your home my kids my kids know i get sad (laughs) i lost my parents in my 20s i got my own trauma going on but like i'm able to talk to them about it i'm like i'm just having a bad day like i'm just having a bad day but god is still good and we are going to get through this but it's this is just where i am right now and i'm going to I'm going to work through it. I'm going to talk through it. And I'm I'm going to have someone listen to me. And I'm going to pray about it. Like, so just modeling that for your kids is a huge, a huge thing. Well, I, I don't think we could have said it any better than that. And you, you <laughs> really put a bow on it, Sarah. And um, it's all about being real with people. And, uh, you know, we, uh, uh, we've all been through trauma and we just have to uh, uh, and we, we can't deny that it's happened, especially if you are uh, if you're living the grand life where you're a grandparent raising your grandkids. You love those grandkids and you love yes. your adult kids. Yes. But, uh, sometimes you want to throttle them and <laughs> and, and um, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you cannot believe uh, some of the choices they've made and some of the messes you're still cleaning up all these years later. 
But, um, you know, God has put you in a place where you can impact the lives of uh, your grandkids. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there, there's the other side of the coin. I see all these groups that, that help grandparents dealing with long distance grandchildren relationships. Mm-hmm. And I always feel sorry for them. We oh, have yeah, the opposite. We've, we've got our grants with us all the time. And, uh, you know, and we're, we're not 40 years old with nine-year-olds, you know, we're in our sixties <laughs> with nine-year-olds and, and we get tired sometime. And, and, um, and yet, you know, the, the greatest gift I think uh, that we can give these kids is stability in their life. Absolutely. And, and the fact that, uh, you know, if they've got a situation, there's someone they could talk to or someone they can pray with and and, yes. and be as I hope our listeners are pick up the transparency that you offer your your moms, whether the birth moms or adoptive moms and dads, that, you know, it's all about transparency. We get yes. nowhere by sweeping things under the rug because that, they all that like your 80 year old uh, patient in the or or uh, Yeah, just coming back and saying, I've been carrying this for 60 years. I want to get it off my chest, but she's so brave. Like we have, we have so many brave people in our community and you, I know you do too. Like just brave people that are like, we're going to do this day to day and we're going to make a decision um, for the lives of these kids like that. We're going to, we're going to make the best decision for the kids and the adoptive parents, like they have been through loss as well. And I'm like, if you think a child is going to fill that hole, you got another thing coming to you because this is not, um, you need to be a healthy person to walk your child. And that doesn't mean we're perfect. It just means you have to be like mentally aware that like it hurt that I could not, like it really did. It hurt me that I could not biologically have children. Like that was rough. Um, If I were to walk into my adopted kid's life and be like, you're the child I couldn't have. Like that's too much for them to hold. Right. It's not fair to them. And so you've got to deal with your own stuff before you bring a kid into your home. And I'm not saying, um, I'm, again, I'm not saying you have to be perfect, but you just have to be aware. Like, so my oldest, like he, his trauma doesn't trigger my trauma. My youngest does. And he knows it because we talk about it. And like, and he will literally say, your stuff is triggering my stuff, mom. And I'm like, Yes, sir. It is. Clean your room. <laughs> so sorry. I'm like, how about we take a break and we come back at it? And he goes, that sounds good. So we'll take a break. But like, it is, it's wild that like, just, it's because they handle things very differently. They're very different kids and their trauma is very different. And so we have to, we have to handle it differently. But trauma, if we can parent through the lens of trauma, either our grandchildren or our adoptive children, if we can, even our children, children, like if we can parent through the lens of trauma where we are trying to connect with them before we are trying to correct behavior, we're going to correct behavior. We can't have feral cats running. <laughs> but like if we can connect first and then talk about the behavior when everybody has calmed down, it's going to be so much more effective than if we're trying to just correct behavior and just butt heads the whole time without like if we're trying to teach before we're connecting it's not going to work well so well, that's why well, the trauma is so important it's learning about trauma is so important we have got to have you back on again to talk <laughs> about uh, dealing with trauma in the grand family and how to how to address that and uh, um unfortunately we're out of time now but I'd this love to come it, back and talk it, about trauma it's <laughs> just 
flown by and and I know for our guests at home you you may want to reach out and and uh, chat with Sarah and just find out uh, how there I'm sure there's folks you know that could be benefit from the services at, at uh, Christian Family Services and again if you want to reach out and, and touch base with Sarah best ways through email at Sarah S A R A H at capital C F S dash Michigan dot org and she, all spelled out if she doesn't know the answer. Uh, she will connect you with someone who does. But Sarah Harpootlian, thank you so much for being our guest on It's a Great Life. This has been the fastest interview <laughs> that I think I've ever done. It, we've just had so much to talk about, and we're going to have you back and talk about this sure. trauma because we, uh, we, we've got a deal in the real world, don't we? Yes. Yep, we sure do. I would love to come back. Thank you so much for having me. You, absolutely. And friends, thank you so much for joining us for another It's a Grand Life. And I hope this has been a blessing to you as it has been uh, to me because we, we live in one world and it's the real world. And we've all gone through a little bit of trauma and I'm finding the older I get, I can't uh, sweep it under the rug. So uh, Sarah Harpootlian is going to come back and she's going to talk to us about how to deal with trauma in the Grand Family. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you all next time on It's a Grand Life. Thank you for joining us for another It's a Grand Life. Remember to never waste your pain. God can use your situation to bless others even halfway around the world. Be sure and subscribe to It's a Grand Life on our Facebook page, as well as YouTube, and any of the various podcast channels that feature the Grand Life podcast. When it comes to raising a grand family, remember the words of the Apostle Paul who said in 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. In leading your grand family, it's gonna take faith, hope, and a whole lot of love. Please reach out to me. I can be a blessing to you and pray for you or help you connect to free resources that can make your journey a little easier. 